we have not anticipated fans taking the entire can and upending it. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. My plan is to cry a lot and then no, I'm actually going to do well. Who am I kidding? I'm great. Thankfully, the Red Bulls decided to score some points. I personally am not trying to be a homer or anything, but uh, Joe Rallis. Portland shouldn't be on the playoffs this year because they can't get their act together. 11 mils sitting on your bench, just sitting there when you could invest it into any other position. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our round 25 and 26 double headers. Simon, insert cool echo here. Uh, this episode is brought to you by the Genies, new sponsor of the Chicago Fire. Everyone only gets three wishes though, guys, so you got two more away wins left. Uh, no, uh, I mean uh, brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLS Fantasy Boss, and tonight I'm joined by three great fantasy minds, Simon Thwaites, Andrew Crawlard, and Michael Denton. Hey, fellas, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Hello, hello. Hello. Nice to have you all back. So, how did your round 24 teams do? Um, I did pretty well. I got 75 points, and after being down in the dumps for a few weeks i'm back up to fourth overall so i'm coming for you the hater whoever you are yeah boy I'm about to hate on you my, my team did pretty well i got 61 points i got a lot of low like decent scores you know four to six range but those are i'm usually happy with uh i was waiting for someone to go off but no one seemed to at least not on my team i think most of the players who did really well this week I'll have buys next week, so I'll take it. And I was pretty much just hanging on for dear life all week. My team was poor. <laughs> I'm in the same boat that Andrew was in. I only got 53 points, and I took a minus four uh, because I had to make some replacements due to injuries, and uh, I was really banking heavy on Montreal to do a lot better than they did, and so that... Uh, that hurt me. That hurt me, and it was it was a pretty poor round that I would like to forget about, even coming down off of that great round that I had in, in 23. So so very sad. But, guys, biggest surprise and your general impressions from this round? Biggest surprise has got to be Chicago. I think so. Yeah, that's crazy. First time in two years that they've won an away game. I mean, you can't beat that for a biggest surprise. Especially against the likes of Montreal with Drogba and Piatti, who we were all expecting just to have a field day. And it's not that they beat them, it's that they stomped them. I mean, Montreal <laughs> is generally not competitive in that game. That That's what stunned me. Yeah, that's pretty bizarre. I, I don't they think anyone saw that one coming. No, I think that's, that's clearly it. Um, which I, I at first when I saw the game, I thought it was going to be the Houston San Jose two to one score that was going to take it away. And and then we saw L.A. not score. And then we saw Chicago win. And I was just like, this this round's crazy. But I think you were really close, Simon. Didn't you say three two Seattle Portland? Yeah, I did. Um, or something like that. And it was 3-1, so you were really close. 3-1. I mean, another surprise is just we had one, two, three, four, four different away wins this week. That almost never happens in MLS. That's crazy. Very true. But, but as Andrew and I were talking before the show started, I think we're going to see a few more in this next round. So before we get into all of that, uh, any final fantasy takeaways you all have for round 24? Ethan Finley's back. We were maybe talk about that a little later in the midfield section. But he's got three goals in the past two weeks. And Columbus is one of the few teams that don't uh, have a bye in 25 and 27. Um, all of a sudden, he's back on the radar. And in a similar vein, I think Houston in general is relevant again for fantasy. Very nice. I was really impressed with uh, Maidana, how he played during that game. A lot of the similarities from earlier form Maidana and last year form Maidana. Anything from you, Simon? 
No, I mean, I just, I would watch out if you're near Clint Dempsey. He's going to slit your throat. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in, 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 uh, in Mike's section coming up. So let's just, let's just jump right into housekeeping. And before you start giving us your rundown, Mike, uh, two questions for you. One, it, it feels like the injury reporting is getting worse. It, is it really getting worse? Um, how, how do you recommend that people deal with this? I don't know if it's getting worse or not. I think the reporting is just inconsistent. Sometimes it depends on, on what the beat writers are doing. Like I know, like I haven't been able to get a whole lot of Real Salt Lake news because their beat writer has been off in Rio covering the Olympics. Um, you know, if the beat writers are getting pulled onto other jobs, which sometimes at the NFL they do, sometimes the reporting there isn't as much uh, and it isn't as dependable and you don't get as much. But, I mean, the, the big thing that people are, are, are talking about is, is Molino. And, and there's nothing that a good beat writer or a bad writer is going to do about that because Jason Christ just straight up lied about his injury status. He told us all throughout the week that it was just a precaution, that it wasn't a big deal, he's just kind of making sure, and then holds him out and says today, yeah, you know, we didn't really like the way he came off. Uh, uh, of his appearance against in the match against, uh, I think that was Chicago, um, two weeks ago. So, you know, he was really kind of hurting, so we needed to rest him. That's just dishonest. And MLS media doesn't have the resources. And, and if you're curious why, um, Dan Dickinson had a great tweet storm a few weeks uh, or a few days ago talking about why MLS media just doesn't have the resources to cover it. Um, they're not going to be able to get through that. They're, they don't have the sources built up to get through that kind of just flat-out line to be able to call coaches out. And while there are some coaches in the league that and some teams that prioritize giving honest injury reports, like Portland, um, Chicago, that you can get dependable information, the Orlando under Jason Christ is not one of them. The LA Galaxy under Bruce Arena is not one of them. So – the only thing you can do as a fantasy manager is just make sure that you get the access that other managers have. Uh, and you have to kind of know the history. You have to know that if it's a hamstring tweak, it doesn't matter what comes out of the coach's mouth. They're in a serious doubt until you see them play 60 or 90 minutes. Um, and just that kind of healthy skepticism and having the information, that's about all you can do. Um, you know, I was telling some people when they were asking about Molino, um, you know, I wish I really MLS injury news hit 500 followers today, and there's a real thirst for this knowledge. But I really think, but I really wish the account didn't need to exist. I really wish this was something that MLS took the initiative of for on its own because people want this information, they need this information, and most importantly, they deserve this information. It's insulting that we keep getting lied to as fans. You know, there's nothing that Jason Christ gained by lying to the media on the field because Colorado found out an hour that Molina wasn't going to play, and that's plenty of time to adjust to freaking Kevin Molina. So, <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's I don't get it. I, I, I these coaches think they're so much smarter than they really are. Just give us the information. Every other league in soccer does it. Every other league in the United States does does it. Give us the information. And I'll stop there so I don't, we don't go two hours. <laughs> uh, no, well said. I, th I think you pretty much answered my my follow-up question, which was, is is improved injury reporting what fantasy soccer needs to be able to grow and improve? And I I assume that answer is yes from you. Yeah, now, I mean, not I just fantasy, more, but... I mean, everyone complains about it. You know, it, it's one of the hardest things for casuals to deal with. And, and as far as learning the league, that's one of the biggest pieces of information is who's just going to flat out lie to you on injury news. And that's ridiculous. Uh, you know, that's be my suggestion for you and I'll mention it now. So everyone can hear and have a little bit of accountability is uh, maybe as the evolution of MLS injury news continues with your, your posts at, at MLS fancy boss, that we could have some definitions to let everyone know sort of the average time that if you see this status, this is kind of what you can expect on there and then maybe a who to trust, who to not trust when it comes to coaches in the league. Yeah, that, that that's probably a, a good piece of information that, that I can get out of. Um, of course, one of the problems with talking about particular injuries is sometimes we don't get that. 
you know, like I still don't technically know what Brian Rowe injury is. Mm-hmm. Um, like near him, he just left for some sort of injury and went to the locker room. Um, and I mean, that that's what's so frustrating is, you know, I'd like to be able to kind of do what uh, some of the other injury um, reporting services does. Like I think in the NFL, like they'll bring up a doctor and say, how long is the expected recovery time for a hamstring strain? In MLS, sometimes we don't even have that. But uh, I, I definitely think that's something, you know, as I look to kind of expand MLS injury news and, and get, get more information to people, that's definitely a direction that, that I'm going to go in. I think we'll just have to try to have Josie Althador on the show sometime to have him give us his expertise in the area of hamstring injuries. Uh, but the second question I had, and I think this will be more fun for everyone to join in on and for everyone listening, is Clint Dempsey. Are we expecting a retroactive disciplinary action to him for his quote-unquote celebration? Uh, or is that maybe going to be even able to come down in time for the Wednesday games and maybe get implemented for the Portland game? Lol, no. If you think Dempsey is getting suspended, you are insane. No, I, I don't think he's going to get suspended. I, I looked it up on some, some of the other leagues. They've only fined them when they've done the kind of throat slash gesture. Uh, I'm sure MLS with a rivalry game uh, <laughs> week is not going to suspend Clint Dempsey for that because I'm pretty sure MLS wants Seattle in the playoffs. So pretty sure they're going to let this slide. But he's going to get a fine. So if he's on some sort of yellow card accumulation attempt to you know try to get a good behavior incentive, as we learned with Dava Villa, fine means no good behavior incentive. So oh, that's true. That's true. Very fun. important tidbit right there. I guess the question is, duh, well, we don't really see that a lot in MLS, so maybe this this does, maybe the fine is enough to prevent that kind of behavior. My question was going to be, do we think there should be a more harsh fine for behavior like that? But maybe no. the penalty, maybe the monetary penalty does it enough. You know what? If MLS wants their league to be entertaining, how about they don't punish people for doing fairly harmless things? Like, if Clint I'm Dempsey actually goes out and says, I hate the Portland Timbers and you should commit an act of violence against their fans or something even remotely similar, you know, I think that's pretty different than a celebration at the end of the game that's it's slightly rude. I mean, it's, it's probably even less rude than, say, flipping them off, which, you know, I honestly wouldn't take that big of offense with, given that fans do it to players all the time, you know? In my mind, there are so many, so many worse and more disrespectful things that you could do. To focus on this, it's like, oi, there's got to be much worse things to get, get said to refs and players and and fans and coaches on a weekly basis just because it's a gesture, you know. Give me a break. Yeah, and, and MLS has the the news with uh, Robbie Rogers, who who played in a USL match and apparently um, had some, uh, some some homophobic stuff thrown at him. Um, it's same week, so I think I don't think MLS is going to drop the hammer on Dempsey because it's going to look pretty ridiculous to drop the hammer on Dempsey as well as going after whatever happened in this USL match. So I mean that's going to be part of the context MLS is going to work in, and I would imagine they'd be very sensitive to the public relations of, of doing that. So I, I mean, like Simon said, what Dempsey did is just not that serious. He didn't do it to a player. It's not a situation where a fight's going to start. It's not taunting. He just did it after the match. I don't even. Maybe he was facing the Portland fans. I don't know. It's he was. <laughs> I think he was. I thought. I think I saw some letter that a, a Timbers fan pinned about bringing his daughter to the game, and 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 Dempsey did that. And she being like, "What is he doing, Daddy?" Maybe maybe don't bring your little kids to a Sounders Timbers rivalry match if you don't expect. Oh come on! Like, oh come on! Please I heard some much. I heard some much worse things in my section than anything Dempsey could have gestured. I mean, I mean, honestly, I was more offended by the Sounders attempt at a TIFO than anything. Yeah, me oh, too. God. Really, as a Sounders fan, my God. <laughs> like, uh, well, why was there Rick Rowling? I, I don't really. Like, I even get read it. the explanation. It was so confused. Was there I an explanation? Well. Like it's it's bad when the away section brings a better TIFO than the home team. Let's yeah, go. I gotta give a lot of credit to it. it's it's TIFO game, so they're they're pretty top with that, I think. Yeah, normally they're really awesome. I, I was I was like I was searching for their TIFO, and then I was like, it's Rick a Rick roll? What? 
I know. What <laughs> happened to the days we used to have like full banners in the in the end? Does ECS need some money? I'm a member, guys. I'll, I'll just reach out, fam. Let's like let's let's get a good tifo going or something. Now watch. All me. Simon has to do is sell one pair of his shoes, and he could find a whole tifo. Oh, that's cold. I know. I know. It's true though. True though. Very true. Anyway, Mike. We get, I'll let you rant about injuries before. Now give us the lowdown. What's the latest update? Uh, round 25, I know we'll probably have something later on the week to help deal with 26, but what do you know right now for injuries? Okay. Um, Clint Irwin had a lot of questions about this. The Last week, the reports were that he was going to come back in time for, um, I think it was 26, whenever the home game was. Let me check. Um, but anyway, the latest report from Curtis Larson is that Irwin might be held out until after the FIFA break, so that's after Toronto's bye. So you may be good to hold on to Bono um, throughout uh, until until 28. On Rowe, I, I don't have any update as to even what his injury is. Like I said, I don't have a timetable. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to miss the match against Chicago but I don't know what is going to happen whenever they get back home. Uh, stay tuned to see if we get any information. With Molino, Jason Christ has said he's likely to play again. It's Toronto that he was just held back, but, you know, Jason Christ lied before, so you have to take it what it's worth. Uh, Dempsey, we talked about the throat dress uh, gesture. Watch out for Disco, maybe come down on Wednesday, if anything. Uh, Robbie Rogers is getting close to a return. He played in a USL match this weekend. Tyler Derrick for Houston suffered a left elbow sprain in the USL match as he was trying to rehab. So I think that's a setback for him. So he'll probably be out through the bye. Uh, Giovinco was not with Toronto in Orlando yet. He's supposed to rejoin the team later. I think this is um, him just spending more time with his family, but putting the information out there because you never know. All right. Fernando Adi, one of the other interesting stories of the week. He skipped the team flight, which is why he was benched. The rumor is that he is trying to force a trade out of Portland or force a transfer out of Portland. So keep an eye on that situation. Uh, Miriam for Columbus left early and went straight to the locker room. No word on what the injury is or any kind of timetable. And then Alashi for San Jose missed the match with a hamstring. Dawkins missed the match also with San Jose with a minor knee injury. Um, no timetable in either of those. So that's what I have for 25, and uh, we'll see what more information comes through the week. Very nice. Excellent job, as always, Mike. Thanks for that. So moving on next, we're going to have, uh, just for your information, a list of teams not playing since this is a big bye week. Colorado, Dallas, New York City, New York Red Bulls, Portland, Real Salt Lake, Sporting Kansas City, and Vancouver are all not playing, and those are several teams that are going to cause some headaches for this round. Though, when I say not playing this week, that's not really true, because this is one of those annoying weeks, and we've had one of them before, just, just a couple months ago, or so one month ago. It, it's really a double game week in disguise, because we had games this Wednesday for an entire round, and then we have another round that kicks off on Friday, so... Just remember that there could be some rotations involved because of this, and we'll get to all of that later. But finally, as always, with the housekeeping section, I want to talk about Patreon, which, of course, is how we can allow you, our fantastic audience, to help contribute back to the show just to help make things better. And I, I think I got all the right names this time. Uh, we had some people who have donated to us um, since the last time I gave an update, and it's just two and that is Anand Rajaratnam. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But I'm, I'm so happy you gave us some money. And also our good friend Mito from Fantasy Football 24-7 has, has become one of the donators to our Patreon page. So thank you so much, guys, for donating that. Thank you so much to everyone who has been donating to us from the very beginning. And uh, I think I still have a couple of of stickers to send out i'm getting that together right now and i'm going to be making i am making the order i know mike gives me a hard time about this which is good that he does because he keeps me accountable uh for the pint glasses so that the few people that did qualify for that will be getting them very soon so i'll be posting on the patreon site with some more information on that within the coming days 
If you want to find out about it first, head on over to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash M-L-S-F-I where you can get some of the super secret stuff about our podcast. And if you do like our show, it allows you to become a monthly donor to our project so that we can help cover some of the costs that we do have and help expand to buy some cool things like stickers and mugs. And we're going to be able to do scarves for our league this year and maybe some more stuff next year, depending on what our support remains. I'm, I'm so thankful for all of you guys who do give to us. It's, it's just really an honor that you like the product that we're able to produce for you every week and have to do that. Even more so, I'm, I'm so happy that you guys that are with me today and all the guys who've been on the show and gal have been on the show in the past to help make this an entertaining and informative podcast. I'm just so fortunate. I feel to be able to work with all you guys every week. Thank you, thank you, thank you to the people who are donating. I can I know Jason's not here today, but we always we always say we love you if you donate. And Jay and I, we love we love all of you who are donating. That is so amazing. And we're happy to have this community of people who care that much. That's a really special thing. It's it's awesome that Jay now has to love Mido forever. <laughs> oh, oh, this is amazing. This is the best day of my life. That's so true. I, I that needs to be tweeted to him. Everyone, tweet him just romantic gifs and and heart pictures, and it's it's amazing. Thank you. Oh, Jay and Mido burying the hatchet at last. <laughs> okay, well enough tears. Let's get on to our round twenty-five questions. Uh, so because this is our big double header, we're going to have questions just by themselves, and then follow it up with uh, our picks, so that that's easy for people to to figure out. So round twenty-five specifically first. Uh, Andrew, what are the chances Seattle players get rotated on Wednesday? Uh, three points could see your guys go above Portland and move, importantly, uh, the red line. So that does not make uh, – I, I butchered that. But uh, what I'm trying to say, so it moves that red line so they make the playoffs and, and is rotation going to hinder that? Yeah, I think there's probably two main factors to consider when we're talking about these midweek rotations – um, at this point in the season. The first is whether you're playing someone within your conference, which I think at this point pretty much everybody is. Um, and the second is how close you are to that playoff line. Like if you're clearly at the top, you're more likely to rotate. If you're clearly not going to make the playoffs, you're more likely to rotate. But if you're somewhere in the middle, I think there's a better chance that the star players will continue to play simply because you got to get points if you want to make the playoffs. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if some of the star players start to, even if they start the game, they might get subbed out a little bit earlier, um, especially if one team is up by you know two or three goals by that point. Um, I'm not sure what the situation is with Seattle in particular. So maybe Simon can speak to that if he has any more insight. Sure. Um, I think the one thing I would be thinking about, and I don't necessarily have more insight on what's definitely going to happen, but you could have been pretty certain uh, when Ziggy was the coach that you'd have mostly the same lineup and a few people rotating maybe. And you'd have a good idea. The problem is with Schmetzer as coach, he's played the same exact lineup three times in a row. And so uh, we've never seen him coach uh, two matches in a week. And so we don't really know what his philosophy will be. I would assume that he probably wants to put out that same lineup against Portland on the weekend. Um, who knows what Lodero's fitness is like. It's looked really good to me. Who knows if he's willing to give Dempsey a rest. I would assume there's probably going to be some rotation. I think Schmetzer is a smart enough coach to know you can't really just run out the same lineup um, three times in eight days or three times in, yeah, three times in eight days and assume it's going to work. So I'd, I'd be a little bit wary about that, to be honest with you. Although, you know, the mainstays, who knows? It's very difficult to judge, but I, I would say with the same lineup three times in a row coming out, um, you could probably expect to see a little bit of rotation. Maybe not a total overhaul, but don't be surprised. 
So when you guys are talking about uh, playing portions, would you think that if that does happen, people could expect maybe a 70-minute game, or do you think that's going to be more of a 45- or 60-minute game for these players? Definitely not 45. That's that's pretty rare when that's happening, and it's usually an effort ish, issue. If somebody's clearly just not putting in the effort, that's when they'll get subbed at halftime. Um, but I think 60 minutes is kind of a pretty common early sub time to happen, um, somewhere between 55 and 65. Um, mm-hmm. But with, with the way Schmetzer's been subbing so far, it's pretty rare to sub at all. Um, like we left two subs on the bench until the 89th minute in this last game. And then we even left one unused at the end of the game. So I don't know. It, it's It'll be interesting. And I think with Seattle playing Houston, you know, Houston's not going to score a whole lot of goals. So if there is rotation for Dempsey and, and Ladero, I, I think you could see him put them on the bench and then bring them in 30 minutes in because the game is probably not going to be out of reach. And then he can put them on and try to, you know, steal a point or, or get two, uh, get three points at, at the very end. So I would see it more as a likely 60-30 uh, kind of deal. And adding on to what Mike just said, um, for those of you who don't know Schmetzer very well at this point, he does have a little bit of a reputation as kind of a, a defensively solid conservative coach. I wouldn't, you know, I think that that's maybe a little bit overblown given how he's how he's put out teams in the last in the last few games and when he's coached the Sounders when Ziggy hasn't been there in the past, but. I think you could reasonably assume that he might rest some of the offensive players and just try and stay really compact and hit on the counter. Um, You know, who knows what that means. Maybe that means he's giving Alvaro Fernandez a run out, uh, starting Oleks Anderson or something like that, given that he subbed on the last game. You know, he must be back in form. So some weird things some weird things could happen but i wouldn't be surprised if seattle tries to stay really compact and just and just defend and do exactly what mike said bring in some bigger bigger offensive subs bigger guns later in the game and and some of this depends too on, on a question we have it in in the next section but about ladero and his national team duty uh, there's some talk that ladero might miss the portland match to go join up with uruguay Hashtag #spoilers um, <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, so if, if Ladero is going to miss that Portland match, I, I could see Smetzer put more of a priority on making sure he gets three points here, whereas if he has Ladero for the Portland match, I could see him playing more defensive to try to rest up since it's kind of have a bad schedule playing a late Sunday night game and then having a late summer game. Um so I think some of that could, can depend on Ladero uh, with it being in the battle market. I'm assuming we're going to find out more about that, about when exactly he's going to leave. So um, that might give us a bit of a sense of what the rotation is. Very nice. Very good answers, guys. Uh, and now a, on the less serious note, um, what the heck is wrong with the revolution? Uh, they don't have center backs. They have a 36.72 expected goals against ratio um they can't defend and Lee Wynn, <laughs> they can't defend and lee win has been very inconsistent uh and that's been reflected in the fantasy scores um so th- that's why they just get randomly blown out by a team as bad as columbus yeah yeah pretty I, good I, pretty well said I don't know what else you can add to that Whew. brutal but true mike <laughs> laying, laying it down well uh, final set question for this section. Uh, would you all recommend taking a minus four to have a full team this round? Or are you worried enough about the rotations that you would just be willing to take zeros? Um, so if you're going to have to make your transfers like uh, anytime today or tomorrow or whatever, because somehow you can't you can't stay and do it right when the lineups drop. I would not take minus fours. You have no idea what the rotation is going to be like. We saw this, I think it was, forget what, round 18, maybe earlier in the season, where like a bunch of players got rotated when like half the teams were on buys. Um, don't take minus fours because you don't even know if the players are going to play. 
and then taking minus fours to prevent, um, you know, uh, a zero, well, your player's going to have to score at least four points to make up for that, so you better be pretty confident that it's going to work out. I wouldn't say never, but, like, you probably shouldn't take a minus four to replace your keeper or a defender, so... You know, if you're even if even one of your transfers is a keeper or a defender, maybe you should just, you know, not make that transfer and not take a minus four. I could see it if you're like taking a minus four for a midfielder. Seems like maybe the only reasonable thing, but I don't really know how much of a situation there is where you could get trapped into that. So I'd say no, but hopefully you're not in that position to begin with. So just speaking statistically, um, looking back at some of the research I've done on the double game weeks, it's about one-third of players are expected to be rotated when we have these midweek games. Um, so I expect that to be true for this week as well. Um, so keep that in mind when you're making these transfers. I think Simon alluded to it that uh, really just wait for those first three games worth of lineups to drop, and then I'm going to transfer in players only from those three games because I am assured that they will be starting this week. Um, but in, in terms of getting a minus four or not, I personally did it last time in round 18 or whenever that was, um, using this strategy of only picking guys that were guaranteed to start. Um, and it worked out well for me. I think the median score for Three out of the four positions is exactly four points. Um, I think defenders is three points for the median. So 50% of the time, you're going to make up your, your points at least um, with taking a hit for a forward midfielder or a goalkeeper, um, assuming that you're just replacing that zero. So look at those early game lineups and grab players from there. I think that's pretty much what, what, what I would say, too. I, I just also add that at least this time for the early game lineups, those look to me to be the more offensive likely um, matches anyway. You know, the, the three later matches, the lot matches we won't see the lineups for, are at Chicago, at San Jose, and at Houston. Um, those are all going to be very defensive games, probably low scoring. You're not going to get a whole lot of value up front out of those games. So, you know, if – if you can, wait until you see the lineups for the first three matches and then make your negative fours if you have to. Just so everyone knows, the first three matches are Columbus versus Philadelphia, Montreal versus D.C. United, and Orlando City versus Toronto. Those are the first three of the, uh, like I said, 7.30, 7.30, and 7.30. So you'll get some good, good information there. I'm going to go against the grain a little bit here, and I'm going to say these midweek games are junk. It's, it's a garbage round, and I don't expect much to come from it at all. Um, and so I would definitely be willing to take a, a zero to be able to bank a trade, especially for 26 when you have some more promising matches coming up there, especially when you consider the proximity to the double game week that you have coming up in, in round 28 to be able to deal with that 27 bye week before it. So I'd be okay with zeros in this situation just because of the nature of this round 25 and picks guys who do you like for keepers and defenders for round 25 well to start to start off with blake we talked about last week i think he's the most dependable keeper of the keepers who don't have a buy in 25 and 27 um if you're looking to save a lot of money you can go with diop who surprised everyone by starting for the galaxy against new york city Played really well, and he's only 4.0. So if you want to kind of take a punt and stay in the L.A. system, uh, go for there. Uh, as far as defenders, uh, kind of the usual Campbell, Rosenberry, and Steres are, are my three picks. Yeah, yeah, that was some serious Kennedy snubbing with Diop to come in. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was a bit of a surprise. I guess Kennedy um, for my picks play again. <laughs> For my picks, I'm going to go with only players from those first three games like I was talking about earlier. Um, so I'm going to go with Bush in goal. Uh, for defenders, I'm going with Burnbaum, Moore, and Awful. 
I like the picks. Um, if I had to make a goalkeeper transfer, I, I would also get Bush because DC sucks. Um, for defenders, I guess three guys that I would like include um, Rosenberry and Campbell and... No, I'm just going to pick Rosenberry and Campbell. And, sure, Starez, too. I guess he's got a good matchup, although I I don't know. Who knows with Chicago? I was all ready to pick him, and then Chicago blows up for three goals. Maybe they're offensive monsters. But, uh, yeah, Rosenberry, Campbell, and Starez in defense, I think, are, are all LA is not picks. a team that believes in the odds. No. Nope, not at all. Midfielders, who are you going with? Okay, so midfielders, kind of interesting... Um, I know Montreal was a flop last week, but Piotti, they're again playing against DC. Um, for the crew, Ethan Finley seems like a pretty decent option. I know I've picked him before, and he's maybe not performed so well, but whatever. He's doing really well right now. Um, you, you know, I'm not sure I trust Toronto's defense too much, so Kaká, but he's got kind of a buy later, so maybe you don't want him. But if I were to pick a guy for this round, it'd be Kaká. And... You know, I like Stevie G, to be honest. If he doesn't get rotated, Stevie G seems like a good pick. Sure, he's old, but he's putting up the bonus points. So I like Piotti, Finley, Kaká, and Stevie G, even though some of those guys are old and rotation risks. If they play, they seem like good bets to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, with, I'm, I'm with you on Finley. He scored three goals in the last two games, and all of a sudden he's playing 90 minutes. And when he plays 90 minutes, he does really well. Um, so I think I'm I think I'm going to pick him up this week. And at 10.7, he's not as expensive as a lot of other options. To round out, uh, Pontius for Philadelphia. We know his goal scoring capabilities. And then Stevie D and uh, Stevie G and Ladera. Oh, I need to add one guy, Barnetta. Way to steal my thunder there. <laughs> Sorry. So I'll just talk about Burnett real quick here. So he was a favorite of ours early in the season, and then he got moved further back in the midfield, and he went to crap. But now he's back in that number 10 role, and he's doing well again. Um, so he's somebody to consider. Um, personally, I like Pontius even more than him, and he's in my team. Um, my other picks are Piotti and Kaká. And I like Justin Miram. Um, if he starts, we'll we'll have the lineup for that one, so we'll know for sure if he's gonna be in that starting lineup or not. But I actually prefer him over Finlay. Miram's always been a, a long-term favorite of mine as well. I've been disappointed when he hasn't been able to really do a lot. Forwards, who we got? Wait, forwards. I have a, sorry, can I interrupt? I have a question. I was just looking on Barnetta. Is he yellow card suspended? One, two, three, four, five. I see he just got his sixth yellow card in this last match, and I would assume he had one reduced for good behavior earlier. So maybe is he suspended? He wasn't on warding last week. Oh, he wasn't? So he must have picked up a good behavior incentive someone. So he might be on a yellow card warning. Um, MLS discipline doesn't update until the last possible second, which is another... <laughs> rant of mine um so I'll, I'll check and see if he if he's on warning and let y'all know okay cool sorry go for it andrew forward picks i'm going with giovinko and i'm going with ola kamara and i'm sure guy is gonna love this one josie altador who's on a tear yes team josie uh i'm gonna echo josie and Gio, but I'll also say the Texas boy, Clint Dempsey, he's been on uh, quite the streak lately, and your boy has him on his team, and it's going pretty well. Yeah, hard to argue with um, Giovinco and Ola Kamara. I, I do like um, Josie and Dempsey too, but uh, I think you spend money in the midfield, so I would go cheap at the four, last four options and go with Patrick Mullins yet again. Scored a goal, has been praised a lot for his goal, um, chance-creating ability for D.C., so I, I think he might be a good long-term pickup um, if you want to free up some cash and have someone you can rotate in a, a lot. Yeah, he fits that system in D.C. really well with the speedy wingers that they've got. 
Yeah, and he, he's got the vision to do it. He, he's a really good player. He's going to be a really good player for them for a while. I agree. And finally, captain picks. Well, Giovinco is playing, and he's playing against Orlando, so the answer is Giovinco. Yep, Giovinco. Hmm, am I going to be the guy who's against the grain on this one? I think Giovinco is a really good option, and I'll probably end up captaining him if he starts. But I also think you could make a shout for Piotti. I know Montreal was a got a drubbing last week or whatever, but DC, I don't know. DC sucks. Number one lesson of, of MLS, DC sucks. No, no, man. DC's defense is solid. Their offense sucks, generally. Hmm. I don't know. I think they suck as a team. I'm just having a fun time insulting them now. Um, no, you guys are probably right. A smart player probably captains Giovinco, but yeah, uh, DC's who am I might kidding? Suck, but they don't it's going to be on your chalkboard. What? No, down. don't put Piotti on my chalkboard. I'm captaining Giovinco. I'm just trying to get other people to captain Piotti. This is what happens. I write these things down, and, and you guys don't realize it. Uh, speaking of chalkboards, uh, we will be having two chalkboards this week, one for round 25 and a separate one for round 26, just like we did last month as well. So look forward to that. Uh, but now let's do our questions for round 26. And speaking of what Mike was talking about earlier, earlier, Ladero is supposed to be leaving for international duty with Uruguay the same time that Seattle plays Portland again on the weekend. Uh, is there any word on whether he will play then or if he leave and miss the game? I sure hope he plays. I don't know if he will or not, but I hope to heck that he's going to play and continue whooping ass. Um, I've heard that he will, but there's not a whole lot of substantiated sourcing to that. So, um, yeah. I think what I, I heard wish was, I was that they were in negotiations with the national team to try to keep him as long as they can. So I assume that means that they want to keep him for that game and have him leave after. I, Is that what you've been hearing, Mike? I mean, I haven't heard that, but that's what I would assume. I mean, a, a lot of national teams tend to defer to brand-new club situations because they want their players in good clubs having success because that helps them out in the national team picture. Now, I don't know what Uruguay is going to do, but I would imagine there's negotiations to let him um, just come into camp a little later. So that's a solid maybe <laughs> for Ladero. Next question, should Via be considered a replacement for Keane or will his production, and that being Via, slow down as New York City tries to maybe turtle up to secure a playoff spot? Um. I don't think New York City is going to turtle up to secure a playoff spot because they don't have the personnel to turtle up to secure a playoff spot. <laughs> I mean, they pretty much have to go all out because they don't have a whole lot of um, depth anymore, you know, since trading away Poku and banishing mixed disc route to some place unknown. Um, yeah, I, I think New York City, at least for a while, is going to go um, full at it because they, they don't have a lot of the – congestion that a lot of other teams do they don't have any more midweek games uh, and, and their schedule eases up so i think david v is going to be a really solid option uh after his bye this week now i might try to find someone else to replace instead of keen because keen has a pretty good schedule after the bye too but uh, i wouldn't ha i wouldn't worry about new york city easing up uh for for a while i, I wouldn't even think about that until maybe the last three game weeks. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, and then sticking with the same theme for our last question for these, these series, would you all get a player for round 26, knowing that he'll get a zero in round 27, just so that you can have him for the double game in round 28? No, do not do this. Please don't do this. Or do because it'll help me in fantasy. But no, if you're a sane per if you're a sane person, do not do this. You know why? You have another wild card that you can use for round twenty eight. Um, I don't know why you'd take a buy or a an automatic zero in round twenty seven, right? When then coming up after that, you've got a double game week. Which so if you're like, I'm gonna get a guaranteed zero, right? 
for the chances that this person might play two full games, well, isn't the whole thing with double game weeks like some players might get rotated? Like, I'm not sure why you'd want to just guarantee yourself a zero. I mean, you can think of it as three games, and you're guaranteeing yourself a zero in one of those games. So, I don't know. I'd just use your wild card in round 28 or or maybe, like, not not do that. I would not automatically take a zero when you don't know what the benefit is. That seems like a very, very, very bad decision to me. Yeah, I, I, I tend not to like one-week punts anyway. And, you know, I, I think from for, for bringing transfers for 25 and for 26, you have to make sure that they're scheduled to play in 27. Uh, I think otherwise you're doing yourself a real disservice for the reasons, like Simon said, you don't know if you're going to make up the zero in a double game week. So I think you make sure you got warm bodies to fill out your roster in 27 and, and then go from there. I'd have to agree. While I was a supporter of a zero in the previous round, uh, this is a different situation from just this this pitiful excuse for a round that is round 25 and I don't think that zero is really worth it. Now, I mean, if you're talking about just sitting the guy in round 27 and so he's available for round 28, uh, I'm, I'm not as harsh when it comes to that, where if you're going to get a big-name player and you you can afford to have him rest on your bench when you got a sub to go in there, that's a different situation for me. I'd, I'd be more willing to, to do that if I thought it was going to still result in some decent point scores. But just getting that zero and not being able to field a full 11 in round 27 for 28 with that wild card in play, um, yeah, not not something I'd be attracted to either. All right, our picks for round 26, keepers and defenders. Let's start it off, guys. Bill Hamid for keeper, defenders, his teammate, Steve Birnbaum. I'm going with Steres and Campbell to round it out. Yeah, kind of a repeat of what I said before. Blake for keeper. Um, Hoberry will be back. So Hoberry, Steres, and Rosenberry. Hmm. Um, I'm going to kind of echo Andrew and say I like Hamid as the keeper, um, even though I just called DC trash. And I know somebody on Twitter is going to be like, you're a hypocrite. Well, Chicago's not a great offense, despite what, what uh, they put up against Montreal. So Hamid at keeper, uh, I think Starez is a really good one because they've got a good matchup at home against the LA or against the Vancouver Whitecaps, who've kind of been struggling. Um, I don't know if I'd really pick any anybody else beyond that. A lot of these matchups seem like there might be some goals, so I'm gonna be a chicken and say my only defender pick is Starez, and why not? Actually, we'll add Campbell too because I said DC sucks, so. Chicago plays DC. I sense a zero zero draw. You know, I think we could easily add uh, Vancouver as another team where we could say WTF what happened to Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, but really bad. They're actually one of the few teams that start looking for, for who they're playing to find offensive players against them. That's how oh, bad. Oh my, how the tables have turned. Yeah. Anyway, midfielders. Who do you like? Simon. Um, so midfielders this round is kind of interesting. Again, uh, I think a lot of the matchups are kind of like, ooh, who knows, you know? But I like Steven Gerrard from the L.A. Galaxy, and I like Sasha Kleschen from the New York Red Bulls. You know why? They're playing against two teams that I don't think are very good, and I like Diego Valeri and Nicholas Lodero. Um, I think the Sounders-Timbers match is probably going to be pretty heated, Although, I feel like you take any player in that game, you're running the risk of a red card, no matter who they are. But I think there's going to be some goals in that, and those two players will probably be involved. So you've got Gerard, Kleschen, Valeri, and Lodero. So I forgot to mention this before picking up the keeper and defenders. Um, basically, anybody that I'm picking up in round 26 they have to also be playing in round 27. They can't have a buy. So anybody that has a buy in round 27, you're automatically out of my pick list for round 26. Um, but so now to my midfielder picks, I'm going with Gerard and Question, and I'm going with Pontius again and Fat Frank Lampard. 
as my last. Got, gotta like uh, Fat Frank. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with um, with Sasha Collection and Steven Gerrard for exactly the same reasons Simon said. The teams that they're playing are not very good. Um, I'll probably stick with Ladero if he stays on with Seattle, and then round out with Pontius and maybe Jack Harrison. Ooh, saucy. Interesting, interesting. What about forwards, Mike? Well, kind of on the same principle, um, I think BWP has had a pretty good run of form. Uh, I think I'll be looking to get him in uh, once his buy is over. Um, obviously, still stick with Giovinco. He'll be at home that week. And then um, if you have the money, go with um, the, uh, the leader for the Golden Boot, Dog Villa. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going with some expensive players, Sebastian Giovinco, Robbie Keane, and Bradley Wright Phillips. Well, I guess Bradley Wright Phillips isn't necessarily quite in that echelon. But like Mike said, I think he's a very good pick this round. But uh, I think Keane's a good pick. I am picking those exact same three. Yeah, yeah. I think Keen is Keen. Keen was the fourth person I was considering. I think those four forwards are going to have some pretty good games. Very nice. And finally, who is your captain potentially going to be for round twenty-six? I am looking at Sasha Question for my captain arms band. I'm going to also go with Sasha Question at home against the New England Revolution. I think that's too juicy a matchup to pass up. Yeah, I'm going to have a hard time passing on that one, too. Uh, I think Clustion is definitely the best bet that week, just in terms of, you know, he'll take the penalties, and New England has been really terrible. So he's pretty pretty consistent point floor, too. So that seems really good. At the same time, um, I think you the one you can put on my chalkboard is Robbie Keane. Um, I just trust the guy when it starts to turn to fall. And I've got a hunch. I think I think that could be a really good game for Robbie Keane. Um, okay, so do you want it to say Keane or Question or just Keane? Uh, I want it to say Keane. I, I haven't decided yet whether it's going to be Giovinco, Question, or Keane. But um, the one I want on the chalkboard is Keane because if you were to ask me to do it right now, that's who I'd pick. Fair enough. And that is what I'm asking you. Well, that's all the questions that we have for rounds 25 and 26. Be sure to stay tuned to MLS Fantasy Boss and r slash Fantasy MLS for all of the charts and updates and conversation that is sure to happen between now and the end of this week with any updates that will take place from injuries and buys and who knows what else, hashtag because MLS happens during this week. Now it's time for some fun. Community time. r slash Fantasy MLS top score this week and i'm just going to say sorry right now goes to junis Perkasari. so sorry i'm so sorry the manager of hearts of stone with 81 points congratulations that's just 12 off of the top for this round so junis junas junis you did very well congrats man on on such a strong score you you smashed you would have beaten all of us in our mls fantasy head-to-head insider head-to-head league and uh that's what's coming up next uh simon you know the party we we had some trash talk on on twitter but i believe the trash talk was me sending a gif of the dumpster fire to fantasy football 24 7 and um that's what i said that they would be after this round and yeah that that's how it went so they they are they are the spitting image of a dumpster fire. Although I love them very much, they got they got destroyed. So seventy five to sixty. Yeah. Andrew. Uh, Mr. Jason Wiskovich had a pretty good week for himself there, not sixty eight points, and beat me pretty handedly. So well done to you, sir. Uh, up next, we had Older Goaler versus Mr. Guy Sanchez, and Guy came out victorious, uh, beating Older Goaler 61 to 54. Uh, next was my game against Ivan the Terrible from Fantasy Football First, and I did poorly, was let down very much by my Montreal players, and I lost 54 to 49 
to Ivan, that's after my minus four got factored in. Otherwise, it would have been a tiny bit closer. Unfortunately, that also put me below the taco, but good thing I didn't play him. Uh, my buddy Steve played against Travis, and uh, it was close. Travis only won by three points, 53 to 50. So rough weeks all around for several of us in the league. And then finally, Mike, what happened? The Ladero yellow card, because I had him captain and Ben Bear didn't. And that was the one point difference. Ouch. Well done, Ben. Well done. Or it could have been that last minute goal by Adi, too, to take away the clean sheet point from Ladero. Oh, yeah. I, I can't complain about that one too much because in that MLS show leagues, that helped me a lot. <laughs> so, really mad or more mad about the yellow card. You know, let's go ahead and plug that right now. Some of you all who may not know, there's a, a different little fantasy game that's been going on. Of course, we've mentioned a few times the draft fantasy leagues that are going on. Uh, but there's a Twitter account for The MLS Show League. And that's that's just some guys from over in England who are, are doing an interesting take on fantasy that, uh, Andrew, how did you describe it before we started the show? Yeah, it's a combination of kind of a traditional-ish fantasy game, like what we're all used to, and a pick'em game as well. Um, and it's it's really fun. I'm having a lot of fun with it. I think Mr. Mike over there is has the most points out of anybody in the entire thing right now. He's killing it. Yeah, I know yeah. I'm at the top of the table for like our little league because we're at like the very bottom because there's pro rel. So I know I'm doing. I, I think I was the best overall this week. So I, I got really lucky. Very nice. It's an interesting little system. I just joined it uh, recently, so I'm still sort of getting the hang of how it all works. But uh, you basically pick three to four games that are going to be happening that week. You guess the score of that game, and then you list three players who you think are going to participate in earning points. And then you also have one alternate player in case one of your main guys does not play. You can list them multiple times in case they are scoring. You think they're going to score or be involved in point scoring events multiple times. And that can help multiply the score that you get. And I, do they use the basic point system or they have their own slightly no, different version? It's entirely different. It's They have a different thing. version. I don't know enough about the points yet, but um, they have a system for generating those points. And uh, you can get some pretty big scores. I, th I think I only got 70 points this week, but I got like 100-something last week because I went with uh, a double Javinko maybe or a, a, no, a double Ladera I went with last week. And so I got points for his goal and for his assist with, with some of that. So uh, it's it's been pretty fun. So check them out on Twitter. I don't think anything's open right now, but it's at MLS Show League. And uh, it's, it's pretty fun, pretty fun. And that's really all that we have for the show today. Guys, do you have any plugs you want to mention? No, not for me. They probably do, though, because they have they have fun things going on. <laughs> <laughs> um, only fun if you're a data nerd. Uh, if you are, you can find my articles at MLSFantasyBoss.com. I'm not sure if I'll have time for one before the midweek game week, um, but hopefully I'll have one up by the weekend. I'll, I'll have the injury news um, this past week, but I'll definitely have Oh, man. I do have Domo a plug. Mr. <laughs> Roboto. I have a plug for whatever company turned the mic into a robot. My God. I've done a good job. It's quite convincing. If you donate an X amount of money to Patreon, you can get your own mic robot. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's if you donate to Patreon, you will be turned into a robot. Oh, that's right. Mike is a Patreon. Uh, a possibility for sure. <laughs> okay, but... am I better now or am I still wonky? No, You're you sound now. fine, although I'm definitely keeping that in the show. <laughs> <laughs> got to keep a few of them in. If somebody made it this far, they deserve some entertainment. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, I also have the piece at Hudson River Blue. Um, so that'll come out this week. And um, also, he says he's not going to do it. But uh, one of the our listeners, uh, Derek, likes to tell people to liquidate their teams and talk trash. He's going to make an avatar bet with me over the Orlando-New York City game because he's not a coward. And if he doesn't, make sure you tweet at him and tell him he's a coward. Wait, is that so. at Rays1299 on Twitter? 
Yes, it is. Oh, I'm watching you, Derek. <laughs> I like I, it. I like where this is going. I am calling him out. You cannot do that much banter and not make an avatar bet. Put your money I, where your mouth is. I like it. Well, of course, uh, check out all the charts that I'll be posting at NLSFantasyBoss.com this round, as well as the other articles that are already popping up from the other contributors that we have at the site. And don't forget to stop by r slash MLS to chat with other players, post your rate my team pictures for your teams, and see what others are thinking. There's a lot of value in getting some of that feedback from the peanut gallery from time to time. So I, I hope that, that this is still a way for you guys to stay active. I know some teams and interest seems to wane toward the end of the year, but we have a great community. And if you're listening again this far, you probably know that, but just let your friends know as well. Have them listen to the podcast. Have them join one of these communities that have, have popped up around the internet and, and just have some fun because that's what it's all about. And we hope that we can be a small portion in helping that happen for you. So as always, thank you very much for listening and good luck.